Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Good to see you online. A few of the early birds up and about. Kevin, evening to you. All the way over there in Florida. Mick, g'day. Morning, Shazza. Sharon, morning. A few Facebook users behind the veil. Hello, hello. Paul. There you go. Well, you might be uh, in luck. You're catching a live one today. Hopefully, it's a good one. Well, there you go. Good to see you, folks. James, morning, mate. Howdy. Welcome to the morning show where we try and uh, sort out a little bit of uh, fear from fact, dive into what's going on in the marketplace when it comes to property investing, folks. Thanks for joining. Jason Witten's my name. If you didn't already know, most of you know that. But there you go. It's on the screen. It's for real. Let uh, let me know if you're new. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're one of our newer mentoring coaching clients. Uh, let us know if that's the case. Be great to uh, hear what's going on for you. Let us know in the chat. James and Donna. Great to have you with me this morning, folks. Chris is here as well. So there you go. The regular crew and a few others, which is awesome. Thanks for joining. Hey, listen, today I thought we might talk about some of the acronyms, some of the words, some of the conversations, sometimes a bit confusing. Um, I don't know. Uh, um, I don't know about you, but uh, anyone notice there's so many acronyms, acronyms uh, or bits of jargon that uh, in the world of property investing. Chuck a few in the chat for me, the old acronyms um, that uh, we as property investors are, you know, Meant to understand, meant to understand all the time. This morning, I would, I thought we might talk about a couple that is very close to everyone's wallets slash hearts, which is yeah, PPOR. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that one's in the uh, in the property investor world, but you never know. <laughs> uh, the uh, PPOR, you know, LMI, LVRs, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, away you go. You know, the idea, CGT, OTP, you know, yeah, exactly, you know, uh, and uh, and the list goes on, folks, the list goes on. Um, so this morning I thought we might talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit about, um, uh, a little bit about the idea of the cash flow, the conversation around our income as property investors and something that I see fairly often that, uh, you know, can be uh, a smidge confusing, a smidge confusing. So uh, I put it in that, the headline of the the uh, the thing this morning, but, um, you know, the idea that we have multiple ways of talking about our cash flow, positive cash flow, positively geared, negatively geared, negative cash flow, positive after tax, positive pre-tax, positive after tax, negative after tax, negative pre-tax, and the list goes on. Did I miss any? Did I miss any? Tell me in the chat. Did I miss anything about our cash flow conversation? Oh, gross yield, net yield, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, let's cut to the chase, folks. Which one do you need to know about? How do you sort of um, understand what's going on here uh, as a property investor when not only are you analyzing your property investment, uh, but also, you know, managing it? for long-term ownership as we go. So let's dive into that this morning. 
to try and make a little bit of sense of the the property that we have. And there's kind of like there's kind of like two main pieces to this. There we go. Oh, there we go. Right here. There's two main pieces to this. The idea that as an investor, something is positive, right? And then something is negative, negative when it comes to our cash flow, folks, cash flow. So let's dive into this and kind of break it down. And then we can add some things that are kind of a bit weird. I don't know, I don't know if it's a bit weird, but it's a, it's a thing that makes uh, things a little bit confusing, right? So in the world of positive, in true positive, what we have is we have our interest plus our costs, okay? So the two large things for owning a piece of real estate, tell me in the chat, you know, yeah, there's two pieces. The majority of our costs when we have a mortgage, this is our loan and these are sort of our, you know, running expenses of the property, our loan, the interest cost, and, you know, the cost. Well, and tell me in the chat, well, like what would be costs, right? What are the costs of owning and running a piece of real estate? Well, you know, most of them, repairs, maintenance, um, you know, insurance, agents' fees, and, uh, you know, council rates, that sort of stuff. All right, so what happens? Interest, costs. We get our rent in. Our rent comes in. Probably should put that around the other way. Let me do it a little bit more sequential so we can make some sense of this. Um, oh, hang on. Try and move that. Our rent comes in. Uh, for us as property investors, our rent comes in. In comes our rent. And then we minus our interest and our costs, and we end up with something at the end. When we're talking about this, just so we're, we're clear, but... I think it makes it more confusing sometimes when we talk about this. You know, the idea is this is what's called our gross rent and this is our net rent, okay? Stick with me. Stick with me. Don't go away. I want to make a point here in a minute because this is where we get confused often uh, and maybe need to understand. So in comes the rent, minus is the interest, minus all the running costs, and we end up with something, some dollars, okay? So for a positive cash flow property, pure positive property, if we have a look at what mathematically that needs to look like, let's say we get $1,000 in, our interest costs are 800 our running costs for, let's say, the month is 100 and then we end up with a positive, pure positive of $100 in our pocket. Right, $100 in our pocket, folks. Now, what happens there? That adds to our income and we pay tax on that. Okay, so technically, if we had we were at a 30% tax bracket, we would end up with 70%. There might be some offsets or whatever. Okay, cool. Now, does that make sense? 1,800, blah, blah, blah. Now, the challenge with that, ladies and gents, folks, is the cost of your interest, right? The cost of your interest. And, uh, you know, if your interest is 5%, the rent that you've got to bring in to make your property positive cash flow uh, usually has to be in the vicinity of around about 7%, okay, 7% rental yield coming in. Now, for many of us, 
Is that going to happen uh, around Australia? Uh, and especially in good areas that we want to own a piece of real estate. Tell me, what's the average rental yield, so percentage-wise, uh, of um, in Australia right now? And we're going to have a look at this. The average rental yield, so the, the percentage, tell me what's kind of the average around Australia at the moment, folks. Take, put that in the chat for me because when we're looking as a property investor, we're going, okay, well, what type of cash flow or what type of um, – Uh, What type of income do I need, not only into the future, but now to be able to afford the property, to be able to purchase and keep purchasing because, you know, it's adding value. Yep. And Sharon and Luke are on it. You know, we've got, you know, four to 5% on average, you know, 4% uh, across the country. The interest rates um, or the rental yields are going up a bit. But right now, if we go and have a little look at, you know the average, the average rental yield in our capital cities at the moment, and we have a look at um, this is SQM Research, folks. If you haven't jumped on this website, it's fantastic. Um, gives you some great data, uh, and across the decade, right? You know, from two thousand and ten to now, the average uh, average house yield, rental yield, three point one percent. Now. It's always tricky, that one, because when the house prices go up and the rents don't keep up, the, the rental yield goes down. But if you have a look at apartments, then, you know, the average rental yield is closer to 5%. Um, the challenge with uh, those, they, they carry a little bit more expenses when it comes to body corporate and stuff like that. But the average yield is, you know, 4 to 5% around, around the around the around the country. Well, let's go and have a look at each city. Is it any different for each city? We're going to have a look at Canberra. You know, Canberra's um, uh, Canberra's a little bit better than the average, so that's kind of nice. Apartments, 5%. So if we're looking at finding an area or a place where we might want to buy, you know, something for better cash flow, folks, then, you know, you can go and check. This is a starting point. Uh, Sydney, let's have a look at Sydney. Sydney is under 3% for houses, not the greatest, but it's still about the average 4.5. Okay, well, let's keep going around the country and have a look. Good old Darwin. Probably don't even want to look at Darwin, to be honest. I wouldn't buy there. But this is interesting. You know, house rent yield uh, are quite high. And on average, look at that. You know, apartments are quite a high rental yield in Darwin. So that's interesting. Maybe, you know, might be worth sniffing around. I wouldn't. Darwin's not really a city. It's a small town, but, you know, if that was what you were looking for, okay? Brisbane and so on, right? Brisbane, quite flat for quite a while. Um, Had a bit of a dip here because property prices went up. Rents went down relatively. 3.7, a bit higher, and 5.4 for units. So that's pretty good. And so on, right? So we can go along and we can have a look at what we're looking for. The challenge is positive cash flow is not necessarily, well, it's not directly related to the property's rental yield per se. What's its major, um, whether your property is positive or negative cash flow, what's its major influence 
that makes it so, especially when we're first starting out as property investors, it's our interest costs, right? It's our interest costs. The cost of our interest can significantly affect that, okay? Now, um, there you go. I like that. Exactly. When you're building your portfolio, what do you do? You can balance it out. You can um, you can buy one in an area maybe for growth or potential because you like the idea of that spot. Uh, and then you can buy one which uh, with a higher cash flow and you can combine the two. Okay. So I know, let's talk about negative. It's pretty straightforward, right? You know, here we go. The rent comes in at a, a, a thousand. Uh, the interest costs are, let's say, a thousand and your uh, running costs are a hundred. And so when we get down here, we're actually negative $100, okay? So that's pure cash coming out of your pocket, pure cash coming out of your pocket, right? So there's just two ways of doing this, folks. There's just two ways. It's either positive cash flow or it's negative cash flow, right? So that's top line, all right? So that's at the top of the, that's at the, top of the pops, okay? Um, so keep following along here because this is, this is kind of important. We all need to know this as property investors and, uh, you know, how can we do things, right? If it's pure positive, we might have an income. We might have to pay some tax on it. If it's negative, then we might get some tax back, okay, some tax back. And, you know, last night we did uh, the tax team at our mentoring. If you didn't catch it, go, go watch the replay. We talked about depreciation and tax deductions and all sorts of stuff, okay? So if we were able to get our tax back, let's say we got $120 back in tax, now that property might be positive after tax, okay, after tax, okay? Negative after tax, positive after tax, positive pre-tax, et cetera, okay? So think about it this way. Above the line, before we deal with any tax or any um, of our income issues, the property deals with all of it itself, okay? So the property is either positive cash flow or negative cash flow. There's only two things that the property can be. I suppose it could be neutral, perfectly neutral, but anyway, um, for those who want to nitpick. So it's either going to be positive or it's going to be negative. If it's positive or negative, that uh, result pushes out into your uh, your world, and you as an individual deal with that at your level, at tax level, at tax time. So the property pushes out. So the property does something. It's either positive cash flow or it's negative cash flow. You as the individual then deal with that at tax time, okay? And you can negative gear or uh, negative gear, that outcome, okay? If it's negative cash flow, it means you can get some tax back. If it's positive cash flow, you need to pay some tax. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. Let's do a quick look at the calculator and maybe make a little bit more sense. If you want to know what this looks like for you personally, because it's different for each investor, it's not one, um, it's not one thing is the same for everybody, folks, okay? Because depending on what you're trying to achieve as an investor, you might uh, you might be happy with a property that's slightly negative cash flow and claiming some tax back, 
You might be happy with that. You might, uh, you might want to go for a positive cash flow property for some reason. You know, maybe you don't care about capital growth or a good location. Um, you know, you're going to chase the cash flow. I, I for me, you, you don't need cash flow most of you in that sense because your job or your business is better cash flow. You need capital growth um, and some tax deductions in the short term. All right, that's what I talk to my clients about uh, as you go as a property investor. So let's have a bit of a look at this and uh, quickly look at the calculation. I chucked a property in here, 650. We've used equity. Um, We've got some rates and and bits and pieces in here. I've got the interest only, 5.1. Interest only, uh, the rent is 650. We've got some depreciation. It's a new property and we've got some income, 120. What does this look like when it comes to our cash flow? So let's have a bit of a Make that a little bigger for us all. So let's have a look at this. Up here, you can see our rent, our yield, net and gross yield. Now, before, this is our pre-tax cash flow here. Just check this out. Our pre-tax cash flow is negative $7,838. So this is a negative cash flow property, folks. This is negative cash flow, all right? So what happens is if you like the idea of this property and many properties that um, uh, that are in locations where, you know, are a little bit better than substandard locations uh, have negative cash flow before tax. So after tax, we get a tax refund. This is where we get a tax refund, $7,000, and then we get some tax back. Still a little negative after tax. We can fix this with our cash flow, PAYG variation, all those sorts of things. You guys know this. And if you don't, you should. And, uh, you know, the ownership of that property, who pays for it? Well, the, the tenant's paying 81%. You're getting 18% of the cost of that property back in tax coverage. And you as an investor pay 1% to own that property. Not bad, not bad. But, you know, will that improve? When does that property turn into a positive cash flow property? Well, it doesn't take long for something like the rent to go up. Let's just say the rent goes up to um, 700, okay? That might be a year or two, all right? Let's go 700 for the rent, and let's go and have a look at what happens now. Still before tax negative up here. After tax refund, you know, 1,300 positive cash flow, okay? So that's how it works when it comes to Positive cash flow, positive geared, negative cash flow, negative geared. At the end of the day, there's only two pieces. It's either got some cash flow in your pocket or it's taking it out of your pocket. That's top line. After that happens, you can deal with that at your tax return or your personal level and you can get some tax back or you pay some tax depending on the tax deductions that you might be entitled to as a property investor or an investor of any sort, folks, as you go along. Anyway, there you go. Thought we might talk about that today. I had some clients who are a little confused about the conversation when it comes to positive and negative. Uh, and it's horses for courses, folks. Doesn't mean positive cash flow is better or worse. It doesn't mean negative cash flow is better or worse, et cetera, et cetera. What is right for you and your strategy and what you want to achieve and what you want to get as an outcome as an investor, okay? Uh, If you uh, have those thoughts in your mind, then make sure you reach out to your coach, 
and your team and talk that through so you can be clear about, you know, what, where, when and how when it comes to building your portfolio. All right, that's it. Done and dusted. I'm, I'm done. Wealth Coffee Chat over and out. A little bit technical today, a little bit detailed, but uh, hopefully that was useful. Uh, as always, thanks for joining me. Come along tomorrow uh, for another Wealth Coffee Chat. We do it at around about 10 past eight each day. So feel free to jump online and uh, say hello. Love to have you with us. If you have anything that you might want me to, uh, you know, talk about, cover, whatever it is, something's popped up, then uh, let me know. Put it in the chat. I always, uh, always read the chats after the show is over. There you go. All right, folks, done and dusted. You guys be awesome. Be well. Remember, got a couple of sayings around here. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It's going to take time to create your property portfolio. Stick with it. Buy well, don't sell. That's my motto. All right, folks, there you go. You guys take care. Bye for now. See you tomorrow. Tally ho.